young for his years. It's a good shoe, a fine shoe, but we're thinking in terms of net profit now. The red and the black, Benjamin repeated. That's what we're interested in. Am I right, Frank? A hundred percent, Frank Blake said. He sucked in on his cigar and blew his smoke wreath at the high ceiling. This shoe simply doesn't stimulate the masses, Doug, Stone said, moving away from the bookcases. It has no flair. It has no guts, Benjamin said. That's what it hasn't got. Not only can't the average American housewife afford it, she wouldn't buy it even if she could afford it. Mrs. America, that's who we're after. The little woman who sweats over a hot stove and wipes snotty noses. Mrs. America, our customer. Mrs. America, the stupidest damn consumer in the universe. We've got to excite her, Doug. That's elementary. We've got to bring women to a fever pitch. What excites a woman, Doug? You're a married man. What excites Mrs. King? King studied Benjamin blandly. Standing some six feet beyond him, mixing a drink at the bar, Pete Cameron looked up suddenly and caught King's eye. He smiled secretly, but King did not return the grin. Clothes excite a woman, Stone said. Dresses, hats, gloves, bags, shoes, Benjamin said, his voice rising. And shoes are our business, and nobody's in business for his health. But nobody, Stone said. Net profit depends on stimulation, excitement. You can't excite a woman with these shoes. These shoes wouldn't excite a mare in heat. The room was silent for a moment. Then Douglas King said, what are we selling, shoes or aphrodisiacs? Frank Blake rose instantly, his thick southern accent dripping from his thick southern lips. At fifty-six, he gave the impression of a man who'd been weaned on molasses. Doug is making a joke, he said. You'll forgive me, but I didn't come all the way from Alabama to hear jokes. I've got money invested in Granger. And from what George Benjamin tells me about how the firm's being run, well, I can see why it's almost in the red. Frank is right, Doug, Benjamin said. This is nothing to joke about. Unless we do something fast, Granger's shoe is going to be right up the proverbial creek without the proverbial paddle, Stone added. What do you want from me? King asked softly. Now you're asking the right questions, Benjamin said. Pete, let me have another drink, will you? From the bar, Cameron nodded. Quickly, he began mixing the drink. There was an economy to his motion, as if it, too, had been pared down to fit the requirements of his well-tailored gray-flanneled frame. A tall and handsome man of thirty-five, he continued mixing the drink, his brown eyes flicking alternately to each person in the room. What do we want from you, Doug? Benjamin said. Okay, here's what we want. Spell it out for him, Stone said. Cameron carried the drink over. Anybody else? He asked. None for me, Blake said, and he covered the top of his glass. You might freshen this one, Pete, Stone said, handing him his near-empty glass. All right, Doug, Benjamin said. In this room, at this moment, we've got the top brains of Granger's shoe, am I right? I represent sales, you represent factory, and Rudy here is fashion coordinator. We're all on the board of directors. 
and we all know damn well what's wrong with the firm. What's that? King asked. The old man. His policy is dictating the kind of shoe we produce, Stone said. His policy is driving this company into a hole. He doesn't know a shoe from a corn plaster, Benjamin said. What does he know about women's tastes? What does he know about women, for God's sake, Stone said. He's 74 years old, and I think he's still a virgin, Benjamin said. But he's president of Granger. And so Granger goes as the old man goes, Stone said. But why is he president, Doug? Have you ever stopped to ask yourself that question? Doug isn't a moron, George. He knows why the old man's president. Because he had enough voting stock to swing any election his way, Blake put in, interrupting the two other men. So, here it is.